changing your perspective can alter how you move forward. Is that movement proactive or reactive? And my friend, this can make all the difference in the world. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money, because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I'm really, really glad you've taken the time to join me today. Before we dive into the episode, here's a quick announcement. I'm hosting another Pricing Made Human Masterclass. It is scheduled for Thursday, December 8th at 4 p.m. Eastern. It will be virtual on Zoom, and I'd love to have you join me and other entrepreneurs and small business owners. Because like me, they too, and probably you, are looking to answer the ubiquitous question that never, ever goes away, what should I charge for this? Or is now the right time to raise my prices? And you know that asking these questions and doing so on a continuous basis is really, really helpful. It's a sign that you are being proactive about your business. It's a sign that you understand that money is not monolithic. In business, money represents revenue, profit, and cash flow. It also reflects your positioning. Personally, money represents what you pay yourself, how much you're able to save, how are you able to build wealth, and that's just to name a few. In other words, your prices do a lot of work in your business and for your life. Pricing Made Human tackles pricing from three sides, the financial, the personal, and the emotional. It's an approach designed to help you build, sustain, and grow a business that centers the health of your personal finances. And a byproduct of this approach and reflection is that it has the potential of putting you and your business on an even firmer financial foundation. Something you might be craving even more of right now, especially given the global state of affairs. So if you are an entrepreneur or small business owner or no one, check out jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass to learn more and to RSVP. We are capping our number of guests to 10. So check it out and grab your spot now. Again, it's jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. Now, let's get into today's episode. I kick off each quarter spending time doing a review of the preceding quarter. As such, I spent a few days last week taking stock of what happened in Q3. And well, let's just say September sucked. <laughs> Not only did I miss my monthly revenue goal, but September 2022 was the lowest revenue month since June of 2021. And September 22 was nowhere near September 2021. This was my proverbial what the hell moment. As you might imagine, I was really bummed and I could have easily gone down the rabbit hole of woe is me. 
What snapped me out of it though, is doing what I encourage my clients to do. I zoomed out. I zoomed out by looking at my numbers beyond Q3 and by asking a series of questions. This combination is what provided the context so that I could in fact zoom out, which helped to change my perspective. And changing my perspective is what prevented my disappointment from turning into a full-blown rabbit hole trip. And my friend, it made all the difference in the world. Last week reminded me of the value of tracking and the power of reframing. And this is the purpose of today's episode to remind you of the same in case you need such a reminder. Now, the reason I was able to look back nine months, 15 months, and then compare month and year. So for example, September 22 versus the same month, but different year to September, 2021 is because of a weekly practice. I track, I track darn near everything. And when it comes to sales, I track my sales by month, by quarter, and for the year. And because I have separate, a separate spreadsheet for each year, it made comparing timeframes within a year and between years easy. The numbers that are in my spreadsheets, these are my data, they are the facts. However, if my quarterly exercise stopped at me just looking at the numbers, just looking at the data and looking at the facts through those numbers, I might still be bummed <laughs> as I record this episode. What shifted my mood though was asking and answering questions. And to be clear, this process of asking and answering questions it doesn't alter the facts, but it is what helped me to reframe how I was looking at my Q3 results. It's why I was able to change my perspective and not have that change be simply based on, you know, as I like to say, mantra. I don't even know if that's a word, mantratizing, but mantratizing my way to a new reality. It wasn't about that. So I am here because in case you could benefit from a bit of reframing of your own Q3 results or anytime something doesn't quite pan out the way you want it to, I am sharing with you today the questions that I asked myself after documenting and capturing some data points. And so here's the data that I focused on. Comparing my yearly revenue goal to the year-to-date number and my quarterly review goal to the quarter's actual. So that's one you know, set of data. And then looking at my total sales per month in the quarter. So looking at July, August, and September. And then also looking at new sales per month by offer. And that was you know, all of the numbers, all of the facts, all of the data. But here are the questions that I, again, I asked myself and I am going to suggest you jot them down so that you can ask yourself these same questions. So question one, what three things am I most proud of this quarter? 
answering this question is what really snapped me out of my short-lived pity party, because I did have one, but it was short-lived. Because as I reviewed the numbers, I realized, yeah, I sure did miss the mark for the month. But overall, the third quarter was still a good one. <laughs> you know, as a side note, isn't it funny that last week's episode, episode 149, was all about volatility in the stock market? Well, guess what? There's volatility in sales too. Sales go up, sales go down. So question number one, what three things am I most proud of this quarter? Question two, what three things most challenged me? Answering this question helped me tap into an opportunity that can help me be even more proactive about sales for the rest of the year. So identifying what challenged me and then looking at that, again, through a different lens helped me to say, hmm, there's actually an opportunity here that I'm overlooking. So that's question two. Question three, what worked really well this quarter? Answering this question helped me to remember when and where I was consistent. It reminded me to, yes, be aware of where I need to make improvements, but don't let that part of the process or that part of the exercise or that part of the, you know, this experience overshadow the strengths that I bring to the table. So question three, what worked really well this quarter? Question four, what were the sources of my wins? Like question three, answering this question helped me to take a step back and to take stock of what I got quote unquote right and to take note of what contributed to that. Who were the people? What were the you know decisions that I made, uh, the actions and the choices that I took? So that's question four. Question five, what didn't work well? Answering this question is an invitation to get honest about not only what didn't go well, but what role did I play in that outcome? Nothing happens in a vacuum. Question six, where is there room for growth? Answering this question gave me a chance to look at my initial feelings of discouragement and dejection for clues of what I can do better and or perhaps differently. Here's question seven. What new projects emerged? This stems from answering question six. I mean, think about it. Innovation rarely comes during smooth, groovy times. And in my case, it gave me an idea of an experiment that I'm going to try. But even if I just step away from my example and my experience, I, I, I tend to always go back to how the personal finance apps that you and I have access to in 2022, the majority of them, if not all of them, perhaps other than two, did not exist in 2008. It was after that crisis that there was this proliferation of all of these different you know, fintech uh, applications that allow us to have more insight into what's going on with our money on a daily basis to help us practice some habits that we might need to improve upon. So again, 
innovation comes out of challenging times, responding to those challenges, it rarely occurs when things are going well. So that's question seven, what new projects emerged? Question eight, where did I get in my own way? Akin to question three, this is like looking in the mirror and being honest about the blind spots that are now being revealed. But I do have one word of caution here. Be honest, honest yet gentle with yourself because you want to be clear about what the blind spots are and the ways in which you got in your way. But this is not an invitation to start beating up on yourself. Don't go down the shame path, but use it as an opportunity to just confront uh, the blind spots that are being revealed. So that's question eight. Question nine, how did I get out of my own way? So if question eight was how did I get in it, question nine is how did I get out of it? And, and the reason why we want to ask this question is because there are always two sides to a coin, literally and figuratively. So answering this question helped me, again, take stock and recognize the ways in which I made excellent use of my time, my energy, and or my expertise. Question 10, what were the three biggest lessons learned? Answering this question helped me to realize I've been resisting making a particular decision and the reason I'm resisting it is because I'm afraid. So I got to work on that. And, you know, as when you ask these questions, if nothing comes to you immediately, sit for a beat and see what comes up. And then maybe if still nothing is coming up, then maybe ask the question, why? Why can't I answer this question? And maybe that will help to surface something. But finally, here's the last question, question 11, and it is what's next? Answering this question inspired me to create two videos about how volatility doesn't just show up in the stock market, but in sales too. And to also use that as an opportunity to really bring to the forefront and talk about the value of tracking and the power of reframing. But here's what happened. Based on the comments and the messages that I got in response to those videos, which you can find on Instagram if you follow me, or LinkedIn if you follow me there, is that it seems like there's something in the air. And I say this because it turns out, again, based on the comments and the messages, that I wasn't alone in having a S-H-I-T-T-Y September and challenging third quarter. Yeah, there's something in the air, all right, but it certainly isn't love. But given how the videos resonated with my social media peeps, I thought I'd go deeper and share even more with you here. So if you don't already have a practice of tracking, I invite you to start. If you don't already have a quarterly review process, I invite you to create one but be sure it includes not only capturing and reviewing the data, but that you are also asking and answering questions. And please, please feel free to use the questions that I've shared today. It's why I invited you at the top of this to jot them down or come up with your own questions. Um, but here's the thing, the questions never alter the facts. 
but they certainly help to provide context. And like they did for me, they just may help to change your perspective, which can truly alter, I should say, how you move forward, how you move forward with the decisions and the choices that you make. Is that movement proactive or is it reactive? Because my friend, this can make all the difference in the world. Well, that is it for today. As always, thank you for listening all the way until the end. If today's episode sparked an aha or reflection, I'd love to hear more. If you are an entrepreneur or small business owner and you really resonated with this, and, <laughs> um, especially as you think about your Q3 results and, and that thought process is prompting some questions about your own business model, sales process, and pricing strategy, well, then let's talk. Please, please send me a DM on Instagram. And of course, I'd love to have you join me and other entrepreneurs and small business owners for the next Pricing Made Human Masterclass. It is scheduled for Thursday, December 8th at 4 p.m. Eastern. It will be virtual. So to learn more and to RSVP, go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. And you know, I love it when you show appreciation for this podcast or maybe even a particular episode. So please share it so that we can reach more people. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review. We do read them. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Thank you once more for listening today. I'll be back and I hope you will too. Until then, remember it's about more than money. Mm -hmm.